Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Rumor has it that Sony is working on a new handheld PlayStation built for remote play. The Qlite is designed to stream games over the internet from a PlayStation 5. Walmart plans to build a nationwide EV charging network at thousands of stores. It's a smart move that would make charging up convenient while customers shop. Tesla is facing a class action lawsuit because employees are sharing sensitive images and videos taken by the car's cameras around the company on an internal messaging system. And Apple Find My has been erroneously directing people to the same man's house since 2018. We've got all this and more for you in episode 78 of the Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Happy Anniversary. Uh, the today actually is my... 19th wedding anniversary so i just want to send a shout out to the missus happy anniversary probably ain't watching it but make sure i do my job anyway so can't nobody go run and tell that i ain't shot my wife out for our anniversary so i just want to do a shout out for my to my wife for our anniversary which is today congratulations man i did not know appreciate it man congratulations 19 years in the game so she probably at this point has decided that she's gonna keep you and likes you Oh, I hope so. Because uh, <laughs> the way these single folks tell it, ain't uh, ain't no love out there in these uh, Dayton sh- streets. So uh, <laughs> if she got if she gonna get rid of me, she better have a a good reason. Because trying to rebound out in these streets ain't gonna be uh, just uh, a game of pickup. You're gonna have to put some work in. So, I'm so uh, glad <laughs> I'm married. My wife and I are going on 23 years in the game, and. Uh, I don't know what I would do, man. I would be <laughs> shook if I was still out there trying to figure stuff out. No, nah, I wouldn't. If something were to happen and I end up single again, I'm just single. That's just how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how was the vacation? Because, you know, you, you was out. You was out sunning yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I was kids spring break. So we took a little road trip uh, down to some ocean. Well, not ocean. Gulf. Gulf Coast water, which, you know, it's ocean water, I guess. Um, yeah, chill out with the family, uh, on the beach, uh, for a couple of days last week and then had to fly to Indianapolis, uh, was my hometown to actually take care of some family business. And then my mother's birthday was yesterday. So did some stuff with my mom, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And then it's my wife's, me and my wife's anniversary today. So like I said, been pretty busy. You've been super then, busy. Yeah. And then coming up this week, got to prepare my oldest for her um, final little competition for her uh, color guard. So she's going to be 
packing up, getting ready to do all that. So you, you, you had mentioned all of that. And, uh, Steph and I noticed that cheesy beach. It wasn't even the beach. It was just a picture, I guess, from your balcony of the beach. That facetious, oh, yeah. that facetious message you sent. Talk about you was yeah. going to miss us. Bro, we know you, you wouldn't think about that <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's one thing. I, if I, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna pay extra for the the view. There's some people who don't mind because they're gonna just go down on the hotel and go to the beach anyway. I'd rather have the nice little view off the balcony. So I, I'll definitely pay extra for that when I travel. Yeah, I'm the same way because uh, sometimes just sitting out on the balcony that that could be oh that yeah, could be, yeah that could yeah. be several hours. And my just, kids, just my chilling. kids like it too. Yeah, because there was only two little. Um, lounge chairs out there so it was like first come first serve so my kids would sit out there just as much as me and my wife did so i know they enjoyed it too even though trying to get kids hype about something is non-existent you got to drag them into it and then they end up having fun but the whole whole way there oh i don't want to why can't i just stay home i'm old enough i can stay home by myself and then they get there playing in the sand sitting on the beach checking out the views eating out they loved it so i don't know why they be tripping yeah man so at some point i'm gonna send you some beach some beach pictures but uh it's probably <laughs> gonna be later in the summer i gotta i gotta get a kid home from college first and uh then my wife and i is gonna go do something but All hey right. let's, this is the tech show so let's get let's get into some technology tech uh this week but before we do just want to remind anyone listening that if you would like to support the Tech John, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John, where we've got multiple tiers over there. Um, any one of those tiers gets you access to our live stream and after party where you could hang out with folks like Wayne and Kayam and Saray, who uh, pretty much are with us almost every week when we uh, do the show. And Charles, uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch of folks who come hang out with us. So one of the ways you can do that, actually catch the show live, is to head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech J-A-W-N. So with that, Terrence, my man, I know you, I don't know, I don't think you really consider yourself a gamer, but I know you play video games. Yes. I know you play yes. video games, um, as do mm-hmm. I. And from what I know, you're pretty much an Xbox person. Do you, you get down with PlayStation at all? Uh, I did back in the day. Um, but then I stopped playing and then I got back in it. And then I think at the time, the Xbox is what was hot. So I just jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, so I have I have basically been both for for years. I, I do not have the PlayStation Five. That's the first PlayStation that I have not had. Um, and I actually gave my old PlayStation to my nephew because he actually, um, you know, actually had a house fire and lost his. So uh, it was like his TV entertainment center kind of fire. So I, so I felt bad for him because, you know, you had to get all that new stuff. So I gave him my old X or my old PlayStation. But the reason I bring that up is because there's a rumor out that uh, Sony is working on a new handheld PlayStation built for remote play. Inside Gaming's Tom Henderson claims that Sony is working on a, I believe they're calling this the Q Lite and is a handheld design primarily to work with remote play feature on PlayStation 5 and stream games from the console over the Internet. So I, w- I want to get your take on this. This is not like the old PSP or old, the, old, the old PlayStation Vita. This is a, I guess for a lack of a better word, is the device that all you're going to be able terminal. to do is a terminal a ter- is stream right. from your PlayStation 5. 
when I initially think about that, there's some things that are kind of cool about it. But then I start looking at like with the stream deck and, you know, you know, can do and, and what the prices are. My question would be, can can Sony make this thing inexpensive enough that it could just survive as just a streaming platform? Um, go ahead. Uh, in my in my opinion, I think they can if the streaming quality is good. All they got to do is make the streaming quality good. And then the the reason why the PS Vita, the reason why all these handhelds, with the exception of the Nintendo, which the only way you can play Nintendo is via their handheld, right? Any of these other ones, even with stream, uh, stream deck to a certain extent, is the same problem a Windows phone or a research in motion is going to have if they try to get into the smartphone game now. Developers are already locked into PlayStation and they're already locked into Xbox. The same way developers are already locked into iPhone and they locked into Android. That's where all their interest is. That's where all their emphasis is. That's all where all their work is. That's where all their stream and revenue come from. So what PlayStation is doing instead of, okay, instead of creating another platform that developers have to code for, well, we'll just make a dumb, a dumb terminal that connects to the internet. I may, I'm oversimplifying this and then allowing you to connect to your PlayStation that's already on, that's already connected to the internet, that's already got the games loaded, already got the, the purchased. You already bought your little credits, your little outfits, whatever you do, you know, with those extra points or XP that you get in the game, instead of having to redo all that again for a different experience on a, on a handheld, We'll just link you to whatever we're doing already, which is to, like I said, to correlate that to smartphones, Windows phone, research in motion, anybody else going to have a tough time creating a new platform that other developers going to have to code for instead of just going this route. And I think Sony, as long as they can get the streaming um, down packed to where there's not any glitches or, you know, not all that interruptions that I would think would happen if I'm trying to connect either over public or private internet to connect to a, uh, um, my PlayStation sitting at home and then have to worry about that connection to the internet as well. So instead mm-hmm. of just worrying about my console's connection to the internet to play games, I got to worry about my console's connection to the internet and I got to worry about the streaming connection from this handheld to my console. So if they can figure that out. This might be a good run, but uh, they got to figure that out. First. So, so here's the thing for me. So let's say that you go on vacation and oh yeah, I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I want to take my, my Q light PSP, what, what, whatever they call this thing. And back at the crib, whoever is watching the dog doesn't know how to change channels and they end up turning your joint off because this mm-hmm. is going to require that your five is on back mm-hmm. at the crib and or wh- wherever mm-hmm. and connected wherever it is. So, my issue is, is basically where you were just going. It's not just, do I have enough 5G or five, you know, you know, um, do, do I have enough broadband access wherever I'm at? Can I, can I get enough via my phone? It is also making sure that that connection at the house is good and making sure that the PlayStation is actually on. Now you and I have some, you know, a, a particular friend. Um, you know, one Mr. Chris Ashley. I don't know if his Xbox One has ever been turned off since he's gotten <laughs> it. 
Um, it controls everything. Uh, I would imagine the only time it gets turned off is when he reboots it. So it's pretty much on all the time. But for me, my Xbox is literally just a game that I play Xbox games on. I don't do anything else. I'm not watching movies via I'm not watching TV through it. It is simply it is the old school Nintendo. I hook it up to the television and I play the game when I want to play the game. And then when I'm no longer playing the game, that John gets turned off. Mm-hmm. So I think that people who would be interested in this would have to make sure uh, that that box turns off because I know me. If I'm out, if I have this device and I'm trying to use it because a vacation is probably where I would want to have it or something like that. Or if I'm on a, you know, if I'm going to a conference or something and I know I'm going to have, you know, a lot of time sitting in hotel rooms, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to have to have my PlayStation in some type of protective case with a locking key on it to make sure that it never turns off. But I would be highly upset if I can't get to it. And it's simply because I can't get back to my own Xbox or to my own PlayStation. <laughs> Right. Uh, and that some of that stuff can be mitigated, you know, like you mentioned, bubble wrap and put some tape, duct tape on the mm-hmm. uh, power button on your Do own, not play, touch the, the power button on the PlayStation. Right. Yeah, so. But what but what can't be mitigated is the Internet connectivity. You know, how am I going to be connected to this thing? Where am I going to be? Am I going to am I going to take the time to ensure that this handheld connection is strong? And not just over the internet, not just not, let me not say that, not just cellular connectivity strong. Cause if I'm going to take the time and actually play, I'm going to want the best resolution. I'm Mm -hmm. going to want the fastest speed possible because the type of games I play is not just, Oh, let me walk around and let me interact with this dude. And then let me go on a mission. I'm like co-op, you know, internet play with different people. And it's like, I can't. I can't afford to be one second behind on lag or I'm not going to have a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. So am I, if I'm traveling away using this handheld device, am I going to want to take the time necessary to ensure I have a strong enough connection, i.e. paying for faster internet at the hotel, i.e. bringing a, um, what do they call those things? Wi-Fi or the hotspots. The, yeah, the MiFi's and all those things. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Wi-Fi am I going access? Right, points. am I right? Am I going to make sure I go to a location that I know has strong internet while I'm traveling? Because all that takes effort. You know what I'm saying? And if I sit down and go through all this trouble, sit down, get it set it up, connected, and the internet's slow, it's just going to make the experience that much worse. So, like again, my thing is how how seamless is this going to be this connectivity to this from this dumb terminal to my actual xbox i mean i'm sorry to my actual playstation rather for this to be a enjoyable experience so like i said i would be all for this but those things have to get ironed out i wouldn't be first in line to make this purchase if i had a playstation 5 um i would however look at it because i have a switch I don't mind. I, it is very rare that I play my switch in the house, but when I'm on the road, when I'm traveling, I take that thing with me and I actually play. I actually, I play Mario. We got to talk about the Mario movie. Maybe we'll save that till uh, the after party, but you know, I play Mario on it. Uh, the, the time I was playing it in the house significantly was I had actually got the new Metroid game. I've been waiting on that for years. Uh, I played that on it, but I truly enjoy playing the Switch in handheld mode, even though I've got the one that I can hook up to the TV. 
And I don't have to worry about any of those lag issues. I don't even have to worry about internet. It just, you know, I put the game, I download the game to the, you know, to, to the device and then I play the game. So this will be interesting. And I'm also interested in how are they going to price this? Because if you get too close to what the Steam deck costs. Yeah, but they went out of, out of, out of, um, out of business, didn't they? Steam or is it, uh, yeah. Didn't they, the Stream Deck? No, you can still get those, I think. Oh, you can? Yeah. Okay. I thought I, well, they, you know, don't, def- don't, don't get me to lying. I don't know that there's, I don't know if they've gone out of business. I don't think that they have, but I know you can still get them. Um, maybe they're, maybe this is like secondhand market or something like that. But, uh, I would, I would, I would just be concerned with the price because it, I don't think this thing can cost much more than 200 bucks because you can get a full handheld computer that plays games for like 299 to 399. So if this is anywhere close to that and all you can do, I also need a four or $500 PlayStation five at the house. It, uh, it, it gets pretty expensive pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm just interested to see how they price this out and then also how the games work. Because I know for folks like you who are really into those multiplayer games where you, mm-hmm. your connection is paramount, that would mm-hmm. be important because it changes your experience. Yep. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So on to this next story here. Um... You stuck in a, a a link to charging your EV at Walmart. So I went through and I read the article over on The Verge, but then I actually started reading some other articles of just about where charging is ultimately going to go. And I think this I'm not a huge fan of Walmart, but this seems like it, it is it is a perfect idea for a Walmart for this reason. There are a lot of Walmarts all over the U.S. Walmarts tend to own their buildings and their parking lots, and they have enormous parking lots because they're enormous superstores. And some of them have, and some of them have the original, not original, the gas stations on on them as well. Exactly. So to actually put a charging station, or you know, to put, you know, I don't want to say superchargers. That's Tesla specific, but to put, you know, places where you can charge your EV while shopping at Walmart is exactly where charging needs to go. I think that a lot of people, when they, you know, 
that don't have EVs, when you think about charging an electric vehicle up, you think it's going to be the same way that you get gas in your car, that you're going to go to sheets, that you're going to go to BP, you're going to go and you're going to, then I got to sit there for a half hour, 45 minutes while I charge up. Hopefully there's a store close and I can walk over to the store and do something while I'm getting my charge. But it really doesn't have to be that you you basically can put these chargers wherever you have immense power to, you know, to, to ultimately, you know, wherever there's electricity that can charge the car up is where you can put these at. So if you start sticking them at, you know, in mall parking lots, you stick them at Walmart parking lots. That's what this particular story is about. This is. To me, this is actually a good idea and a use of real estate that already exists. Like there is a Kroger right around the corner from my house and they, and Tesla put a supercharger at the back end of the parking lot. And it just works because at this one shopping center, you've got all the way on one end, you've got Kroger down all the way to the other end of it. You've got Target. And in between, there's Lane Bryant, there are, there's a Best Buy, there's Office Max, there, there's all these stores that are in, you know, that, that are, you know, in this giant plaza that's probably close to half a mile long. So from, from where I'm sitting, I think that Walmart is on to something here if they, if they do this in mass across the country. Right. And all the things that you mentioned, nobody, not everybody's going to know where Best Buy is. Not everybody's going to know where Kroger is. Not everybody's going to know where Office Max is. Or the mall is <laughs> folks know what the Walmart everybody is. knows where the Walmart is. Yeah. <laughs> and according to the story, it says the company says stores and wholesale warehouses are located within 10 miles of approximately 90 percent of Americans. So 90 percent of Americans know or are familiar with their nearest neighborhood Walmart. So it's nothing for Walmart to put a charging center, not just a couple of stations. I'm thinking of Walmart actually catering to EVs and putting up like a little pop-up shops almost, Mm -hmm. you know, right there to where, you know, if you're just charging, you know, you just want to charge and, you know, of course the the draw for this is, okay, well, we might as well just go into Walmart if we got 20, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour to kill while we wait for this charge. Or if I just want to sit in my car, if I just want to chit chat, whether with other electric vehicle owners, there could be like a little pop up shop that you could put next to these chargers to where, you know, you can uh, um, you can Kate, you can court that uh, EV community to, of people to where they're just coming to get a charge and or if they want to do a little bit more bigger, more shopping. And I think Walmart owns they own um, uh, Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. You know, people spend hours <laughs> yeah, in Sam's clubs, you know, so to be able to pull up to like a, a, a smart charging deck, you know, and know that your car is getting charged while you're spending hours in the Sam's club because, you know, that's where you're going anyway. Seems like a smart move. It, it, it really does. And as I said, I, I just wrote that little piece after the article link about how I think about this. The future is going to be electric vehicles. I know people are trying to hold on to gas combustion, fuel combustion engines. I, I know that that's what a lot of folks like, that there are a lot of people who are not interested in electric vehicles. But I'm old enough to remember when you could put regular uh, gas in, in, in your car. And eventually regular just kind of went away. Everything is unleaded now to the point to where it doesn't even say it anymore. It's just, it's just what it is. And 
I think they were just going to get to a point to where EVs are just what they are. In fact, I didn't stick this in the notes, but there's a Verge article that says the end is near for gas powered cars. And essentially the EPA is going to release some stuff this coming Wednesday where they are literally looking at making the emissions so difficult, you know, what, what you would have to do for fuel emissions on cars. It's going to be so hard to do that. It, it becomes cheaper to just make EVs. Don't know that that's going to go. It's going to go anywhere. That's going to, uh, you know, it's, it's going to f- help th- phase things out more quickly. We'll have to see, but you can, you can look in the, uh, you know, you can look down the road and kind of see that, you know what, eventually EVs are going to be the predominant vehicle on the road. And if that's the case, then we've got to change our infrastructure to make sure that we can actually support them. And if that's the case, you're going to see, you know, companies like Walmart who have massive parking lots all over the earth. What was the statue said? There's a Walmart or Sam's Club within 90, um, within 10 miles of 90% of people in, in the mm-hmm. country. Um, that's, that's, that's a, that's a lot of cars that can charge up really quick. And it's going to take, and it's going to take a company like Walmart to actually kick off the electric vehicle arms race right now. It really ain't no arms race. I don't know why there isn't a big race to electrify everything immediately. As far as cars are concerned, ain't that big of a rush. These car companies, they are putting out electric vehicles, but they're putting out expensive electric vehicles because it still is expensive to make an electric vehicle as as compared to the processes they already got in place to make a combustible engine they can just crank those out versus electric vehicle you know you got to you got to source the batteries there's a whole different process so for whatever reason uh car company car manufacturers are not they say they are you watch the commercials and you think they are but there's still there's only one electric vehicle brand that when you think of electric vehicle, you think of a Tesla. Same mm-hmm. way if you think if you think of a, a bandage, a bandage, you think a bandaid. Right. You think of uh, diapers, you think of pampers. Right. The same thing. Electric vehicles. <laughs> you think of petroleum jelly. You think of Vaseline. So you think of Vaseline. Right. right. So, I, so go ahead. I was going to say, I think you, we, we clearly have not gotten to that tipping point yet. But once we do. Once we once we get to that tipping point and we go over, I think it's going to move fast because you're right. Why aren't more companies thinking about this kind of stuff like Walmart is doing it? You can't tell me that if Walmart is doing this, that somebody at Target is saying, hey, we need to be thinking about this, too. And And they do and they do it a lot. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of places that have like the parking spots that you label you to charge your vehicle. But again, you don't know. You got to go on the map. You got to, you got to strategize how you're going to charge your vehicle, right? Versus Walmart. If they do it, you ain't really got to strategize. You just, well, where's the nearest Walmart, right? And then in addition to that, it's not just one station. It's like a experience. Mm-hmm. If they can do that to where you are, all right, if I'm just going to, if I'm pulling into a, like a heavily, a commercialized area and you know there's a charging station at a target and you may know there's a charging station at a, a CVS and you know there's a charging station at the bank or if you know there's a charging experience at Walmart you're more likely going to go for that experience versus let me just stop in this parking spot 
and sit in the car while I charge for 20 minutes versus let me charge my car and let me go do some other stuff. Right. Right. I think that's what's going to it's going to take for uh, take for Walmart uh, to say, look, we're, we're going all in. We are the destination when you need to charge your vehicle. And then once that takes off, like you mentioned, the targets, the 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 Costco's, the whatever else, the big box retailers, the mall is going to be like, all right, let's 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 take this charging thing a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And uh, just just moving away from from Walmart and just talking about this on on the bigger scale, you're talking about like the the super center where you there's, there's going to be everything there. So you're going to see restaurants. You're going to see you're going to see all kind of establishments around these things that generally take you 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get through because generally depending on where your level of charge is, that's how long it's going to take you to charge up. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and as you said, you don't know why there's not an arms race yet. I don't know. Is it just folks are just, and when I say folks, I'm talking about these companies. Are they like, uh, until we get to this number of cars, we're just not even thinking about this. We're going to keep doing business as usual. I don't know, but I just know this. When we get to that tipping point, you're going to see this stuff move massively because once car, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to take 20, 30 years for electric cars to be the predominant thing. It's going to be, I could very easily see getting not my next vehicle, but the vehicle after that. So I, so I could see getting an electric vehicle within five years. Uh, I, I am probably in the market to buy two within the next three or four. The second one I get probably is going to be an EV because I've been wanting it to test it out. So we're talking about 2026, maybe by the time that someone like me would have one. By the end of this decade, it's just, you know, it's going to be, well, which one costs more? That's really what it's going to come down to I, for, I think for a lot of people is going to be, can I get the EV for what I would get the, you know, the fuel combustion engine car for does, or does it, Oh, it actually cost me less. Okay. Well, just give me that one because it won't be a thing because folks will have really gotten over. I don't really care. Like I, I can't imagine that my daughter would ever care whether or not she had to put gas in the car or she had to plug it in to charge it up. She's 19. So she has a car now that has got an engine in it, but I, I, I don't really see her really ever saying, why, why would I go buy this when I can get an electric vehicle if it doesn't cost me anymore? And it does a little bit to, you know, to, to help the planet out a little bit. So it's going to be really interesting to see this. Well, so you, you brought up a good point. I don't see electric vehicles saving the planet um, simply because it takes a lot of man and not manpower. It takes a lot of effort to build these batteries right now mm-hmm. and um once they you know run their pace or whatever the case may there are batteries lithium I would, until they create better batteries right now there's lithium i think a lithium ion batteries mm-hmm. and you can't you can't just throw those things away right there's a whole process in trying to you know if the car gets wrecked or uh totaled or whatever the case may be there's the the process of sunsetting electric vehicle i think is a little bit more costly than doing a regular combustion engine on top of it being a little bit harder to make so i i i think people are going to migrate towards electric vehicles because that's what the norm is and any 
um, uh, benefit over a combustible engine is going to be, well, I don't have to pay for gas. Now mm-hmm. I may have to pay for electric charging and that, but I still don't think that's, you know, any remotely uh, comparable to how much people are paying for gas. So, uh, all that to say, I don't think people are going to be like, I'm trying to save the planet for electric vehicle. They're no. going to be like, and if I, if that's what I sounded like, I, yeah. I, I'm not coming from a triangle standpoint. Yeah. This is how I am. I've actually had, because I, I, I drive a fairly large vehicle, um, with a big V8 and it burns a ton of gas. Why? And, and I'm usually in it by myself. And I had somebody say, you got that big old truck and you're not, you're not even taking kids back and forth. It's just you in it why do you drive that? And my answer is because I love it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that, and that, mm-hmm. there is no thinking about anything else. I got the car that I have and the one before it because I wanted it, it you know, and and that's really mm-hmm. all the, the need that I have in the back of my mind. However, if I'm looking at, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm looking at a new Escalade and there's one that runs on batteries and is a little bit better for the environment. And that's that that would be one check mark way down o- on the box. Um, what really is going to determine it for me is how much does the one that runs on batteries cost as compared to one that has a big V8 in it cost. And for me, if those price price points are very, very close to each other, then it becomes a no brainer because I'm I, in my mind. OK, well, I'm I'm buying for the future. I, you know, th- this is going to it's going to be really cool to be able to, you know, take my car to Walmart and go shop. And when I come out, it's charged up. That, that That's how I think about that. And like I said, there is a little checkbox that if it's better for the planet, well, OK. But, um, you know, for, for me, it is about how much does it cost? I am not one of those folks. I'm willing to pay more for this. Like, uh, you know, a buddy of mine says, well, you, I can't believe you didn't get the hybrid. And it's like the hybrid costs $18,000 more to literally be hybrid. Um, same thing with the electric vehicles, but especially for what I'm looking for. I need to, we need to upgrade because our family's getting bigger. You know, we just took a trip, six hour trip. Well, 12 hours, if you count round trip, you know, and we want a little bit more space. But the vehicles that offer that space that are on the market now that are electric and or hybrid, I mean, the prices are ridiculous, almost to the point to where I'm like, are y'all doing this on purpose? Are y'all purposely making these electric vehicles so out of touch or out of reach to where people will be like, ah, I'll just pay for the, <laughs> the combustible yeah. engine because I can get it. And I, you know, I already, that's already a process and it's, you know, $40,000 cheaper, right? You know, but again, I don't know what it's going to be to kick this arm race off. You know, uh, Kayam in the comments mentions that Chinese electric car makers coming to the U.S. will kick it off. Whatever kicks it off. Uh, oh, um, another thing I think why is because these car companies are huge and they just can't turn on a dime like Tesla starting from the ground up could. I think that's the main thing between Tesla and some of these other uh, electric car manufacturers. The reason why they're not cranking out electric vehicles left and right is because they can't turn on a dime and they got to worry about profit and they got to worry about shareholders and got to worry about research and development and they got to worry about return on investment (laughs) tesla don't got none of them problems for whatever reason they learn to know if if the ford if the f-150 electric or uh, Mm -hmm. ford f-150 lightning Lightning, if that is any indicator they are learning it's like oh so we can make three times more you know in this next run than we thought because people want them that bad so it's going to be really interesting 
before we get off of talking about EVs and electric, let's talk a little bit about Tesla. Uh, and I, I, I'm looking at this story you stuck in right at the end here you know, you know, of our rundown. They're spying on it, it, This is such a, I don't want to say such a Tesla thing. It's such an Elon <laughs> Musk thing. <laughs> um, but it's like your car is taking pictures of you inside your car, inside your home, in your yard, in uh-huh. places where you think you're private. And these jokers at Tesla is basically on their internal systems sending these things back. Oh, look, this dude is butt naked, you know, uh, dancing in front of his window and stuff like that. What are they doing? This is more, this sounds like more of an Uber thing. Remember Uber with that guy, what's his name? Troy something, something, something was the CEO and it was the wild, wild west down in Uber and they were using that God mode to track where mm-hmm. people are going. There was a inner, there was a story, um, where one of the journalists was doing a story about Uber and he caught an Uber to go to the headquarters to do his story. And, uh, as he's coming in to the, to the headquarters, somebody, you know, the person he's supposed to connect with comes out. He's like, I knew you were here because I was watching you, right? Because it seems like people within Uber, the employees, they were just doing whatever until that guy got kicked out and they kind of locked things down. This, this kind of reminds me of that to where these folks at Tesla, the car itself is doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to, to be aware of its surroundings, but that's for safety reasons, right? Well, what these Tesla employees like Rob mentioned are doing is they are essentially taking those images from your Tesla vehicle and sharing them in inter office chat groups. And I saw one in the story to where, you know, they took one of the images from some from some person and made a meme out of him that they shared in the uh, Tesla inter intra you know, chat groups. And it's just like, come on, man, y'all. I don't understand. It, it'd be one thing if this was Elon Musk sharing these pictures, but it's almost like, I don't know if he's infecting the, the culture. Your, at culture, Tesla. your culture is set from the top. Culture yeah, is set from um, the top. Cause um, these people are, these people are, are bold <laughs> by <laughs> hacking these cars and taking these images. <laughs> it, it's, you know, when I initially clicked on the link, I'm thinking this is going to be the story. All the pictures and all the images that Tesla take and, you know, and basically send back to Tesla headquarters or wherever so that they can do the stuff that they do to make these cars safe on the road, that those pictures aren't locked down. They're not, right. they're not safe. No, 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 no. That wasn't the story. That is the, it's part of the story because that's the case of why they could do this. But it's like these jokers is actually sending them back and forth. It's, it's like they got their own internal TikTok and they're sending this stuff back and forth inside of this. And it's, you got pictures of people's kids and this and that and the other. And I'm looking at like comments on this because I went and looked at some of the other articles that are talking about this. And folks are saying, well, you, you know, you have no expectation of privacy when you're out in public, but if you're in your car, you're not necessarily out in public. If you're in your house and your car just happens to be in a garage and, and catches a picture or something, you're not out in public. So Tesla is all kind of wrong on what they're doing here. Um, there's a lawsuit. I'm reading this ARS Technica article that you linked to. It says Tesla must be punished for Tesla sharing of on, uh, you know, on, on car camera images. And 
I don't disagree with that. I th- I think that somebody needs to hit them with a hard hammer because the only thing that is going to make this kind of stuff not happen again is that they get hit with such a penalty that shareholders mm-hmm. are adversely affected. And the shareholders yeah. are saying, okay, you know, uh, y- y'all need to do Knock something different on this because right. this it, is nuts. It's like, I, I was not expecting that they were going to be sharing this stuff on their own internal social media network inside the Tesla. That that's, that's kind of crazy. Right. And it, and it's just them being wild. They wilding because according to this, um, there's a lawsuit, of course, somebody is suing, you know, I don't know if it's a class action or just some dude is like, you know what? I'm about to make some money. Um, but anyway, you know, they're suing. And of course, Tesla says, uh, the real reason for utilizing the images, they use the images from car cameras to train its artificial intelligence systems and reportedly has over a thousand workers in the team that labels videos and in- and images. We contacted Tesla about the lawsuit and we'll update the article. So basically what is happening is they are using the images on the surface for training AI improvements in technology. Of course, if you've got a thousand people in the team that has access to these pictures, I guess you assume that there's going to be one bad apple that may do something nefarious with these images but that ain't this. There's like a group. This they made like entire chats to where yeah. they are sharing and laughing or doing whatever uh, with these images. That is a far cry from one or two people, you know, seeing an opportunity. You know, and like you mentioned, it seems like this is the culture, and like you said, the culture is set from the top down. So if they've got a CEO, they've got an owner, whatever you want to call Elon Musk, that is the cowboy. That's going to bleed into how people treat, you know, this data, you know, that they so-called supposed to be using to train the uh, technology to make it better. Yeah. Like this is <laughs> I, it's, I, I, I don't like to be shocked by things I see Tesla do because Tesla has done some horrible, horrible things we talked about on this show before. But as I said, I really thought this was going to be. That they're just not protecting this, these images enough. I didn't think that they basically built a internal network where they're sharing that stuff back and forth like it's a social network. And they don't seem like they're, they don't seem like they're protecting them at all. Cause according to this, um, lawsuit, um, and, and quotes, it says, um, that it's camera recordings cannot be linked to individuals. This is Tesla responding to customers. Camera recordings cannot be linked to individuals and their vehicles. The Tesla system, um, in fact, <laughs> in reality, was capable of and did show the locations of recordings, meaning anyone viewing the videos and images could determine exactly where the Tesla owner lived, i.e., who the Tesla, who the Tesla owner was. So it wasn't some, again, one or two dudes decided to late night try to hack into this database of images, found some interesting ones and decided they was going to either, you know, keep them amongst themselves or try to, you know, uh, bribe somebody or whatever the case may be. This seems like they was just doing this just because they had access and a bunch of people. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think, the hammer has to come down on this one. They get, they got to get whacked. It, right. This probably has to adversely affect shareholders so that, so that something's going to change. 
because you know, these companies are so big that you give them a fifty million dollar fine. I didn't mean anything. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't. They'll they'll fight they'll fight that and spend fifty just to say that you know just to not have to actually say, say they, they didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the hammer needs to come down. But uh, you, you talked about uh, location that these images actually you you can tell whose Tesla it was and where the images were taken. As we move into this next story, uh, and this is this is this is your baby right here. We got to talk about Apple's Find My feature is sending folks to the same dude's house over <laughs> and over and over again. I read yeah, through this yeah. a couple of different times, and I'm like, he hasn't sued Apple yet. Um, I'll let you tell the story because I'm 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 jumping all over it. But you basically well, have well, go ahead. I'll let you tell it. I'll let you tell. Well, it. I'm surprised he hasn't cracked anybody over the head for coming to his house in the middle of the night claiming that he's got the iPhone or they AirPods or whatever. Because basically, what happened? Um, this guy in Texas, uh, he's a technologist, and since 2018, he's lived in this subdivision and. Since 2018, he has repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly had people come to his house and say, hey, according to the find my feature, my iPhone, iPad, AirPods, whatever the case may be, is showing that my device is at your location. And he's repeatedly had to tell people, no, uh, you have you, there must be a mistake. Um I don't have your device. You can have to reach out to the police department or whatever the case may be, you know, and he's talked to people, you know, the people, you know, if I think you got my stuff <laughs> and you come to the door and say, I ain't got your stuff, you know, I'm pretty sure people would try to do something to get you to, you know, quote unquote, fess up. You know, people have, I'm reading a story here. He says, people have mentioned the cops are on the way. Yeah. So you may want to talk to me before they get here. I read, um, I read that one and I was mm-hmm. like, so wait a minute. This has been happening since 2018. That's mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five years that this bro has been going through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are lucky that we have not read a story about somebody being shot with a 12 gauge center mass trying to recover something that wasn't there. Right. Um, exactly. l- l- let me do the public service announcement for this. Please, 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 if you are using the Find My feature on your phone and it takes you to someone's residence, do not act all big and bad at they house trying to get your stuff back because you might get shot doing that. If if you I'll take it a step further. If you use the feature to get a approximate location as to where your uh, items are, you should immediately stop and contact the authorities and let them do their job because the last thing you do, last thing you want to do, like you like you said, Rob, is somebody roll up on somebody thinking they got your stuff and then an altercation uh, or worse rolls out and you know you think because you think somebody's in um, that has your property that that makes you some sort of aggressor or something like that. You better, especially down in Houston, you better think twice. I say, right? This is Texas. It's, it's Houston, but it's still Texas. So right, right, right. Um, that's an open carry state. Last time I checked, you, you. Uh-huh. So it, it it goes both ways. I I cannot believe that this man has not sued Apple yet. For, well, he said he. Con- He's contemplating it, but I'm I'm just surprised that he hasn't because 
you have people coming to his house and, and, and I believe the way that he says that the reason he thinks this is happening is that right, and that's what I was yeah, about to explain. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he purchased the model home in the development and for whatever reason, whenever, uh, you know, this, and this is just him hypothesizing what he thinks is happening because he had the model home and whenever you would do a search, it just automatically defaults to the model home or what was like the clubhouse uh, before. Because that was the first, the model home is the first home in the subdivision to be built. So when they build the model home, they have to give an address to the model home and the model home's address was the one that he bought. And then after they build out the neighborhood, they never <laughs> take his address or the model home's address off of the subdivision to where if people are looking for devices and they may be in that area. Maybe they're at another house in the subdivision. Well, find my iPhone when they created it at the time when they created the neighborhood, when they created the technology, his address was only one there. So it's like, oh, this is good enough. So it could possibly be somebody in that subdivision, somebody in that general proximity. That's where uh, the devices are that's pinging. But the best thing Apple do is like the only address we got is this ad- this address and right. it just so happened to be this guy. So I would assume that he hasn't sued Apple yet because I'm assuming he's like, well, why can't I just contact Apple? And why can't they just fix it? Why does why haven't they just said, oh, our bad. <laughs> let's update the map or let's update the address. So I, I'm pretty sure he's beside himself with why is this, this so hard? All right. If it's going to be this hard, then my next step is to sue somebody because it shouldn't be this hard to update it. And it's not like we're talking about this has happened once or twice. This has happened right. repeatedly over a over five years. year period. It's happened right. multiple times over years. Mm-hmm. So. I'm kind of shocked as litigious as people are in this country. I'm, I'm really shocked that he has not gone the lawsuit route because this, this gets into, it really, really does get into safety issues for him I'm and sh- for people who are potentially going up, you know, at his house, thinking they're big and bad trying to get it. I'm thinking, you, you remember that story of, I can't even remember what the woman's name is, but it was a, a, a boy and his father were eating breakfast at a hotel that they were staying in. I want to say somewhere in New York mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a girl and yeah. yeah, and a woman from California, I believe she comes in, she basically, she, you know, the, the story is that she actually lost her phone. Uh, she left it in a car, but she sees this boy with the, with a black iPhone and that's my iPhone. And literally you physically accosted, you know, the, the boy doing this. And I mean, th- th- there's some stuff. I mean, she ended up going to court law lost. I, be- I want to say she ended up getting, uh, like probation and she has to stay, you know, clean for a number of years because she's had some other things on her record and stuff like that. But I see that happening. In this situation too, you think somebody has your phone because what did she do? She, she, where's the last place my phone was? Well, it's showing up at this hotel. Well, what happened is, well, the Uber driver dropped it off at the desk. So her phone was there, but she's going to the wrong person for the phone. So I I don't know why people have, I don't know what gives people the cones to roll up on anybody with any sort of, Hey, I need to talk to you because you've done something or you got something and we need to talk. I would be beside myself with <laughs> if somebody came to me like that, if I did have it or if I didn't have it, you know, it's like the nerve of you. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I got. You don't know what kind of 
temperament I have and for the nerd you just roll up on me without any sort of security without officials without the police whether I got it or I don't I'm like lady if you don't back up or sir if you don't back up before it becomes a problem and like you said uh, luckily uh, there hasn't been any problems yet but you know all it takes is one time for somebody to get belligerent well we you know we have heard stories of people rolling up thinking that someone had their phone and, you know, furniture ended up getting moved. Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of whether the phone was there or not, the fact that, you know, the, the furniture got moved, you know, people was getting down over this stuff that has already happened. So I could, I could just see that someone, uh, yeah, it might be late. They, they think somebody stole their phone and they go up in there strapped and it's going to be an issue. So hopefully, now that this news channel, I think it's a local channel in Houston, has pulled this story up and blasting it all over Earth, that Apple's going to go ahead and get this dude taken care of because th- th- that is nuts. Like, so you, you come to my house at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning thinking you're going to find a problem. A phone, there's going to be a problem. There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. going to be a big problem. So, Terrence, this last story we're going to talk about here, Apple, uh, it, Apple, I, I will give them this. They, they held out as long as they possibly could. But Apple is succumbing to what pretty much every other big tech company has succumbed to where they're doing layoffs. Now, Apple is not calling it layoffs, but they are actually going out. It says, I want to read it here. Apple is positioning the move as streamlining efforts rather than layoffs. It told employees that the changes were designed to improve upkeep of stores globally and that the company will provide support to affected workers. So I, I kind of buried the lead there. What Apple is doing is that they actually are doing their first layoffs in in this big era of all these tech layoffs they're they're not wanting to call it that it looks like it's only a i don't want to say a few people apple's a really really big company um but it does look like they are going to be doing some level of reduction in force at at apple and, and as i said stores. yeah at the retail stores and this is this yeah. is like the last big tech company i, I don't say the last because there's probably some other companies that have not gone through this yet but when you th- when you're thinking about like fang apple is one of them uh this is the last of those companies to uh to actually have to do a reduction in force and it's uh and you know call it what you want it is a layoff mm-hmm. um but the way apple is trying to position it is hey we're not laying off any engineers we're not laying off any executives. We're not laying off the white collar workers. You know, we're not, we're not laying off the people who've been working remote for the past couple of years due to pandemic. And we're not, you know, getting rid of people at our headquarters or anything like that. We're just the retail blue collar workers at the retail stores and some of their, I think their, um, other facilities. So I'm assuming these are maybe, um, um, packaging facilities, you know, maybe they're getting rid of contractors, you know, who care, who cares about contractors, right? <laughs> so, so, here's you know, the- these, these, these type of people to where the, 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 the regular person looking at the store, they're like, Oh, they're just getting rid of the little people. They ain't getting rid of the executives and the, so it ain't the same. Right. But a layoff is a layoff. I don't care how you, you well, splice it. Well, here's, here's how we know that it is, because if it was just a small number of people, if it was something that, oh, this is, this is just a blip on the radar. We would never hear about it. Right. We would never hear about it. There, are, you know, I, I, I don't know because I have never worked at Apple, but I have worked at very, very large companies for many, many years of my adult life. And I know this. There are times 
when you lay off multiple people at the same time and you don't call it a layoff because it was it might have been three or four. And if you're a company that's, you know, 20,000, you don't necessarily need to call that a layoff. It could have been, well, these here's four folks that we just were letting go all from this one department because their their performance reviews weren't up to par with what we like in the organization. Not technically a layoff, but you you let some people go. We're hearing about this because it's enough people for enough reasons beyond performance that Google or Google, the Apple has to actually report it. So that that's what we're hearing. And, you know, you, you know, it looks like a duck walks like a duck and they're trying to call it a, you know, trying to call it a helicopter. Okay. Okay. Apple, but we see what's happening here. You now have to be lumped in with everyone else that you are doing layoffs in this, you know, in this environment. Hopefully this is not the beginning of something more that we're going to see there. I, you know, I never like to see people lose their job for no fault of their own. But this is the and, you know, the and, economy is the way the economy is and companies are and going w- to do what they need to do. And what's low down is some of these companies are getting rid of some of these people on what they call poor performance. They will people will be doing good, not have any issues every yearly annual review or however however often they get reviewed you know meets or exceeds you know everything's good now all of a sudden they are getting called in for uh performance issues and not even given the ability to correct it or be put on probationary period they are just calling these people in saying hey we got a problem for your performance we know we have, there's never been an issue with your performance before, but now we got an issue with your performance mm-hmm. and we need to walk you out the door. That's cold blooded, man. How it really you just is. <laughs> do be like that. Um, I have said this to folks for a long time. When you have official documentation from your job, as far as performance reports go, as far as anything that you deal with HR, Anything that you deal with, you have a, you know, if you have a dessert, DEI, you know, part of your organization that doesn't fall under HR, anything that you do, if you have employee advocates, anything that you do at your company that has anything to do with you keeping a job there um, or, or keeping, you know, staying employed at a place, you need to make sure that you keep copies of that and that you can get to it because that has helped. I, I, I literally have, I, I know people who got laid off for phantom uh you know like a, a phantom poor performance review and it's like well wait a minute our policy is that we go through you know we, we do all these things if we have a performance review you're telling me that you're letting me go for performance but i've never had a performance incident i've never had a meeting with my manager i've never had any of these things that are supposed to happen and i can go back and i've been here seven years and i can show you seven years worth of I was an exemplary employee. So how all of a sudden did we go from my last, you know, my last review that I got, I was exemplary six weeks ago. And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden I've done something that, you know, causing me not to be here. And there's no documentation that I have. And the fact that you've kept everything else, it just looks kind of weird when you don't have that last one. It's like, well, right. I've got seven years worth of records and you're telling me that the, the, the one that was bad is the one I deleted. And that's what you're letting me go. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah. that, but that it's is still up to them. It's ahead. still up to an employee to fight that. Yeah. And most employees will just be like, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the effort. I don't have the resources to fight this thing. And I think companies know that, you know, but that just again, you know, I've said it before. I say it again, you know, hopefully, you know, these rounds of layoffs 
um, all this stuff that's going on in our society as far as the jobs and the economy. You know, it's just I hope this is just one thing that just adds on to people's attitudes as it relates to how they treat their employer versus how their employer is going to treat them. I hope, the, I, hope, I hope people start to wake up and realize, all right, I need to move a little bit differently when I'm working for these companies. Yeah. So I don't get blindsided. And so I don't feel some kind of way when all of a sudden they just let me go for no unforeseen reason outside of we need to save a little bit of money. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm clear. Uh, my little, uh, my little rant that I just went on. That, I'm not saying that's what Apple is doing here. I'm saying that's what I've seen in the industry right. before. Right. From what I, I want to take this Bloomberg story for, you know, at, at face value. It looks like Apple is making some moves. They decided they got too many people in retail. They need to, they, they need to do some trimming. Apple just doesn't want to call that a layoff. They're like, did they say exactly what they're calling it? A, a streamline, a streamlining effort. They're they streamlining say, you up out of there is what, is what they're doing, but it's a streamlining effort. They don't, they don't view it as layoffs. Right. Right. <laughs> Position in quotes, Apple is positioning the move as a streamlining effort rather than layoffs. Okay. But at the end of the day, it, it, it looks and feels in order the to, same to the person. In order to streamline, you got to lay us off. Just yeah. call it what it is, man. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, hopefully this is not going to be a string of things. Apple is the, the, the I don't want to say biggest. What is the right word? They are the most profitable company in the world. Is that? Is that it? Yeah, they, they have something. I can't I can't remember what it is. It's like a, they got they got money in the bank is what they got. They're the most valuable. <laughs> OK, I just looked it up here. They're the most valuable company in the world. So if this stuff is happening they to them. Yeah, but, you know, the reason why Apple has been able to hold off is because they didn't go higher crazy. And hire a bunch of people during the pandemic, like some of these other companies mm-hmm. did. And now they turn around and lay those people off. So, you know, Apple, I, you know, they deserve a little bit of credit, even though they're still a company, even though still, you know, they find any way to cut costs and maximize profits, just like the next company. But, you know, for the fact that they did kind of slowly, you know, work through the pandemic versus some of these other companies just went haywire. Right. Um, you know, they did get a little kudos for that. But again, like you said, that goes right all out the window when it comes to this streamlining thing that they are doing right now. Right. So my man, Terrence, two man show this week. It was good to have you back from vacation. We, I, we, we ran long. We had a, we had a, a, you know, a guest last week and we ran a little long. So I didn't actually get to new patrons, but I do want to make sure that we shout out Earl Bridges. Uh, who became a patron actually last week uh, for us. So we want to shout out to Earl Bridges. Thank you for uh, reaching out to us and holding down the Tech John through our Patreon page. And anyone else who's interested in becoming a patron and supporting the show so we can bring the tech the way we bring it to you every week, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. That is the Tech J-A-W-N. And anything that you give over there will be very, very much appreciated. Absolutely. So, Mr. Gaines, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks how they can get at you? Yeah, sure. You can find me all on the interwebs at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.